Anthony Messiah. So uh, it's a, it's it is really great. Thank you, Abuna, for uh, uh, accommodating this time and being with us. And I'm sure all of you know, but I'm just going to make a brief intro about Abuna Anthony Messiah. He serves in the Coptic Orthodox Church uh, of St. Timothy uh, and St. Athanasius uh, in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, Abuna Anthony is talented. God has given him the blessing and the talent of bringing the our ancient faith uh, to communicate it in a very easy way. So uh, it, it's, it, he makes it very simple. Not only that, he, he, he makes it kind of practical and intuitive and, and invites us all to really dive in and dig in into our Christianity and live our Christianity even that some areas are challenging, but he manages with the grace of God to really bring us into, into a, a really practicing and, and finding the meaning and the reason behind uh, what we are doing. So I, I think this is a great opportunity uh, and it's a blessing from God. We, uh, especially in the middle of COVID and everything and the restrictions that we're going through, especially for those living in, in, in Canada, especially those living in Ontario staying home uh, so this is a great uh, a great blessing and uh, yes we were accustomed to have kind of a retreat where we're gathered together for uh, for almost three days and spend them together spiritually and socially so I think God heard uh, prayers of so many so that we have a good spiritual time with uh, our dear Abuna uh, Anthony so thank you Abuna Anthony for joining us I guess uh, right now, Aki will uh, give us kind of a briefing about the day, and then we're going to listen to Abuna Anthony. Sure. Uh, thank you, Abuna Butros. Again, I want to welcome Abuna Anthony to our 2021 um, Edge Calvary Retreat. Um, Abuna Anthony and myself, we haven't physically seen each other in a while, and if I'm not mistaken, it's been at least 10 plus years, but um, I've been very fortunate to keep in touch with Abuna during the pandemic. And when I had reached out to him asking if he can give a talk, um, I think it was the quickest response I've ever received from him. It was like, yep, let's do it. So um, <laughs> again, thank you, Abuna. Um, but before I hand it over to Abuna, I just want to welcome everyone who's on YouTube Live, um, understanding that we have people from the GTA and the Provost and the US. I want to welcome you all to the 2021 EDGE Calvary Retreat. So EDGE stands for Everyday God Embraces, and it's our graduate meeting in Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, for those in the U.S. who have no idea where Mississauga is, it's about 20 minutes out from Toronto. Um, and for the last, again, 10 plus years, we've been holding the Calvary Retreat, which is similar to the Passion Retreat that Abuna Anthony used to run, except we only have like 200, 300 people show up, not 800 people. Uh, but unfortunately, we did have to cancel last year and this year's physical uh, retreat. Um, however, we are praying that uh, come 2022, we'll be seeing each other in person. Um, and then just in terms of the format, so Abuna is going to give his talk, uh, it'll run about 45 minutes to an hour, and then once he's done, we'll have about a two to three minute um, reflection period, um, and then Abuna will answer, will be answering your questions. Uh, so if, if you have any questions, just post them on the YouTube live chat box, and Abuna will read them as soon as we're done, um, our reflection period. And I think with that, I'll pass it over to uh, Abuna Anthony. Thank you so much. Thank you for those nice words and it's a lot of a lot of nice words. So, <laughs> you know, it really set the bar high there with Buna Butchers, but uh, I'll see what I, what I can do. And, and act when he says that he, we kept in touch, meaning um, he's very persistent is what, is what it means. And uh, 
God gave him the gift of persistence. So here we are, but it's a pleasure to be here um, with whoever it is that's on the other side of the screen. Um, I was asked to speak um, a little bit about preparing for um, the Holy Week. Um, and obviously we are, I think we're two weeks away from Palm Sunday today. Um, so he, here's how I want to kind of start off. Um, the topic is a great topic and I'm excited to dig into it, but let's start with kind of a understanding that Holy Week, I feel like sometimes we are looking for it to be something that it is not. Meaning we're looking for Holy Week to be this magical, to be this like, you know, this, this silver bullet or this like solves all my problems or like this thing. And I, I, I've been on both sides of the Holy Week um, spectrum, okay? Meaning I spent the first, I don't know how many years of my life thinking Holy Week is the worst thing on the planet, dreading it. And when I was younger, I would just be like, please, please, please let it not be the spring break. Please let there be school because at least that can get me out of the first few days. And I, I was there for the longest time. So I've been on that side of it. And I've also been on the side of, as I say every year now, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a priest, tell everyone, you got to take the whole week off. You got to take the whole week off. And I, I always say, you will not regret taking the whole week off. This is like the verbatim announcement where people in our church, they get sick of it because they can like recite it. I've been saying it for so long. As I say, is so many times at the end of Holy Week, people come to me and say, I wish I had listened to your advice. I wish I had listened to your advice, taking the week off. But by then, it's too late. Now it's not too late, okay, in advance. But my point there is, is something changed. I used to think Holy Week is so boring. I used to think it's so like dreadful and I would, I would, I would not look forward to it. And now I'm kind of the opposite of like, I think it's so special. I think it's, it's great. Question is what changed? Okay, do you think that like the prayers of Holy Week changed? Like they were something when I was young and now they're something different. You've been in the Orthodox Church for a while, you know, nothing changes, okay? We don't change anything. So the prayers didn't change. Did the readings change? Did the rituals change? Did the atmosphere change? Like, what is it that changed? Well, the answer should be pretty obvious. The answer is what changed is me, and specifically my attitude. It's not that, it's not that, that the church changed. It's not that the church services got shorter or anything like that. What difference is, is that my attitude changed, okay? What changed in my attitude? Well, I think the key to anything in life, but we're gonna apply it specifically when it comes to Holy Week, is understanding, okay? And if we understood the value of what is taking place during Holy Week, then all of a sudden it would change our attitude and it would change the way we approach the week. For example, I'll give you an example. Every year on the Friday after Thanksgiving, that's right, the Friday after Thanksgiving. I know in Canada, y'all think Thanksgiving's on like a, a, a Tuesday or a Monday or a, I don't know what, what day y'all think it is. Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. It's always been, always will be. And I know I'm making some enemies right here, but hey, um, you're not in the room, so I can pretty much say what I want. Um, so on the, the day after Thanksgiving, it's called Black Friday. I don't know, forgive me if I'm going to offend anyone who's, who's watching this. There are idiots out there who spend all night out in the cold in the freezing and in the rain and outside, waiting outside of whatever store to get whatever gadget at whatever price. And I look at that and I'm like, I see no value in that whatsoever. I think that's the dumbest thing on the planet, especially after a day where you sat, you enjoyed, but you want to sleep, you want to get some rest. I see zero value 
and spending long hours outside waiting for stuff. To me, that's the epitome of something I don't want to do. Let's leave it at that. But uh, even though I can see a hundred reasons not to do that, someone else, like that's what they live for. And that's, that's the thing for them that like, they can't wait for that. But what's the difference? The difference is they see value in something that I don't see. So maybe there's other things where I see value and they don't. So if you told me, for example, you know, um, like everyone knows I'm a football fan. So you're going to give me tickets to the Washington football team. Okay, that's their name. Okay. The Washington, that's something I see tremendous value. And you say, wait in this line, you'll get tickets. Oh, that, that has tremendous value. Or you get to tell me that, you know what, wait in this line and spend hours and you will get, you know, free, um, you know, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A for the rest of your life. Like free Chick-fil-A. I don't know if you guys have Chick-fil-A up there, but Chick-fil-A is the best. That has value to me. Or, or you tell me that, you know, if I stand in this line right here and you wait for this long period of time, then you get to meet like a hero or someone, someone that you admired for so long. My point is, is your attitude changes based on the value that you see in the event. So let's go back to Holy Week. If I told you, and of course, this is not true, and forgive me for the silly example, but just follow me. If I told you that at the end of Holy Week, you will be given $10 million if you attend every service from start to finish. $10 million from every service from start to finish. Would you go? <laughs> Somehow it seems wrong to say like, yeah, I would go to church to get money. But come on, of course we would go. Of course you would go like, come on. Like I know we're all very spiritual. The truth of the matter is, if, you, if I told you that if you have perfect attendance at the end of the week, if you missed one minute, you would lose $10 million, of course you would. You'd be in the front row and you would be there early. You say, like, of course you would, because you see value in the event. So what if I told you, stick with me here, that there really is something valuable at the end of Holy Week. And actually, to be honest, I don't even want to just say Holy Week, because again, I don't want to, I don't want to water it down to just like this, this magic bullet, this, this, this one week and this one experience. I want to say that really at the end of this, this, this period of Lent, which concludes with Holy Week. What if I told you there was something there more valuable than $10 million? And when I say that, you're like, okay, yeah, that's the priest. He has to say that. No, I'm telling you that what can be gained during this time of Lent, okay, which includes Holy Week, which is the peak, but I'm, I'm extending it beyond, has infinite value, has eternal value, has value beyond today, tomorrow, and the next day, and continues not just for the rest of my life, but into the hereafter. And that's what I believe is the case. And that's what I want to try to convince you of, if you're not already convinced, is to see the value in this period of Lent leading up to Holy Week. And I think if you can see the value, I think so often we are like, okay, you just have to do it. You just, you have to do it. You have to do it. So we just push ourselves. I don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't want compulsion. I don't want anyone to be coerced into it. That's how I spent my teen years is being forced to go. And I gained nothing from it. But I want you to be convinced that we're not doing it just for the sake of doing it, that we're not doing it because like we have no choice and the calendar says and the Pope, if he finds out we're going to get in trouble, we're not doing it for that. But there truly is something infinitely valuable and eternally valuable at the end of this road. Philippians chapter three, verse 10 and 11 is going to be kind of our, our, our key verse here for tonight. And St. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. St. Paul again, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection. That's going to be the value we're going to talk about. And the fellowship of his suffering, the two are connected, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. If I asked you, Holy Week, okay, what is Holy Week all about? Well, Holy Week, more technically, we call it Beschah Week, okay, Pescha Week, or the week of Pesca. And so often we think Pesca, we connect it to passion. And it's not wrong to say Passion Week. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what Pesca means. Pesca doesn't mean Passion Week. Pesca means Passover. So really, Pesca Week is not about the passion of Christ as much as it is about the Passover of Christ. You say, what does that mean in Passover? We don't do Passover and things like that. Well, in the other Orthodox, in the Eastern Orthodox Church in particular, they're better at this particular thing of understanding the word Pesca. There's a certain feast of Pesca. You know that. Like there's a feast of Pesca. And the feast of Pesca is Easter. Easter Sunday is the feast of Pesca. So I guess my point here is to say is that don't disconnect what we do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Passion Week, Holy Week, Sufferings of Christ. Don't disconnect it from what we do on Sunday. Because the whole week is, is, is lining up, is aiming towards, is getting us prepared for Sunday, which is resurrection, which is Pesca, which is new life. The goal of all of Lent, again, not just Holy Week, the goal of all of Lent, like if there was no, if there was no Easter Sunday at the end, Lent is, Lent is not, like Lent is not just spiritual discipline for the sake of. I mean, Paul didn't say, I just want to know the fellowship of his sufferings for the sake of. I don't want to be conformed to his death for the sake of. There's an aim at the end, and the aim is resurrection, salvation, new life. In Christ. And just as, okay, the very first Pesca, the very first Passover, book of Exodus, okay, Moses with the lamb when they crossed the Red Sea, the very first Passover, it was not just an event that took place, but if you remember, you we won't read it tonight, but you can go read in Exodus, okay, like chapter, you know, 11, 12, around there, I think it is. You, you'll, you'll see that God told them, you're going to do this four days in advance. Then you're going to do this the day before. Then you're going to, and it was like a preparation. It was a process. Get the lamb. Prepare the lamb this way. Cook the lamb in this way. Put this on the door. There was a process leading up to an event. A process leading up to an event. Can't have the event without the process. There's no value in the process without the event. So the, pro, the event, that's Easter. That's resurrection. That's Pesca. Lent and Holy Week is the process to prepare us for it. But you two have to be connected together. How? What does that mean? What does that mean practically? Which was saying about how, you know, we like to talk practically. How practically? Like, what does resurrection practically mean? Like, let's be honest. Okay, the goal is resurrection and life. But come on, I've been through Easter. Okay, I'm 44 year old man. I've been through Easter 43 times in my life. I mean, like, it's pretty much the same every year. The lights go off. The 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 knock on the thing, we do the thing, we eat the little Easter egg, like it's pretty much the same, like pretty much every year, Good Friday, spoiler alert, Jesus dies in the end, okay, like it's pretty much the same every year on Good Friday, and it's pretty much the same on Sunday, and then it's pretty much the same 12 months after that, like where is it, okay, well, what, what is, what, am I missing something, is it, is it like everyone else is experiencing something new, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm clueless here, more specifically, Let's talk about the word salvation, okay? 
Holy Week and Easter and Lent, it's all about our salvation, that Christ came to save us. Christ was crucified to save us, came to give us salvation. What is salvation to you and me? I remember several years ago, I was, uh, I was speaking at a, at a conference um, with several Orthodox. Okay, There was like Indian Orthodox, and there was Greek Orthodox, and there was um, Syrian Orthodox. Um, it was kind of a hodgepodge of different um, Orthodox um, um, churches and, and, and congregations. And anyway, I was on the slate to speak, and then there was another speaker um, who is, I didn't know him at the time, but I, I was introduced to him and I, you know, he was telling me a little about himself and he is like a world-renowned theologian who's written books, who teaches in seminary. He's actually the dean of a seminary. He has PhDs, not PhD, PhDs, okay, many of them. And it's like me and him are about to speak together. And honestly, like no joke, he's telling me all this and I'm like, am I in the wrong place? Like, like how, how did I get here? Like, I, I think I must've taken a wrong turn off the, off the freeway. Because I, I, don't, I don't see how me and him are like, how am I in the same boat as him? Anyway, they said, no, you're in the right place, Father Anthony, sit down, we're not letting you off the hook. So there he is, and he gets up and he gives his talk. And after listening to him, okay, for a little bit, I was actually shocked that I understood everything he had to say. And actually, all the youth who were there understood the, every, everything he had to say. And that's actually something that taught me. I learned something that day, that the best theologians are not the ones who make no sense. And the ones who speak about, actually, the best, the best doctor is not the one who gets the best grades. The best doctors are those who can explain to a child what their sickness is. And I felt the same thing as, as him as a theologian, okay? Anyway, in sitting with him, okay, we kicked off a friendship and we've kept in touch all these years. He taught me something. And I'll never forget what he said. He taught me something that day. He said, anytime you want to understand salvation, Replace the word salvation with healing. Replace the word salvation with healing. In other words, Jesus came to save us. Yes. Okay, but save means different things to different people. For some people, it means I go to heaven after I die. The, 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 the better way to understand it, Jesus came to heal us. And that healing, salvation of all mankind, the healing of all mankind, has a after-death component but it also has a before-death component, that Jesus came to give us life and give it life more abundantly, that Christ came. He even said it himself. He's like, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living, not just salvation is not just after we die. Salvation is not just, here's a ticket. You get to go to heaven after you die. Thinking of salvation as just being after death is like thinking that, you know what? I want to be, I want to adopt this orphan because, you know, she's homeless and she has no future. I want to adopt her so she can have a good retirement plan, okay, when she turns 65. No, like that's a part of adopting her, that she, but you want her to have a good life when she's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and you're trying to give her the fullness of life into retirement. Same thing when it comes to Christ. Christ didn't come just to, quote, save us after we die. He came to save us before we die as well and to give us healing. Why is this important concept? You'll notice in the church, we oftentimes pray for healing at times where every liturgical service, we pray the litany of the sick. When we go bless the home, we do the litany of the sick. We do unction, special prayers for the sick. And I want to read to you an excerpt from the litany 
day of the sick. And I want to show you how the church connects healing and salvation. Okay, you've heard the litany of the sick before. We pray it in Matt. It says, okay, right here. All souls that are distressed or bound, give them mercy. Watch how it's going to connect salvation, mercy, and healing. Oh, Lord, give them rest. Give them coolness. Give them grace. Give them help. Give them salvation. Give them the forgiveness of their sins and their iniquities. So we're praying for sick and talking about salvation, for the salvation and healing. Look at it. It keeps going. Ask for us, O Lord, the maladies of our souls heal, and those of our bodies too do cure. O you, the true physician of our blank and our blank. You should know what that is because you hear it all the time. O you, true physician of our souls and our bodies, the bishop of all flesh, visit us with your salvation. So notice when we pray for the sick, okay, notice what we're not praying. We're not saying this person is sick. Take them to heaven, Lord. Can you imagine if someone asked me, a sick, okay, a family who has a sick person, said, please, Father Anthony, come and say a prayer for my sick uncle or my sick grandmother. And I came and said, Lord, give them salvation. Take them to heaven. Take them to heaven right away. That family may send me to heaven right away, okay? okay. That may be my salvation if I came to do that. But because, again, the understanding is the goal isn't just salvation after we die. There's healing and salvation right now. So what I want to say is, as we approach Holy Week, and again, I'm talking about all of Lent. Okay, I'm going to, uh, please understand it. So I might use the word Holy Week here, but I'm really talking about all of Lent leading up to Pesca, Passover, Easter, Resurrection. We're talking about salvation and healing for all brokenness of humanity, whether that's brokenness by sin, sin of selfishness, sin of anger, whether that's brokenness of our relationships, which have been destroyed by betrayal or are being eaten by bitterness, whether that's, that's, that's healing for our spirits, which are enslaved by lust and pride and greed, whether that's healing for our hearts and our minds, which are controlled by anxiety and, or, and worry, especially these days and fear. This is why Jesus came. He didn't just come to take us to heaven after we die. The reason why we go through Holy Week after Holy Week after Holy Week and we're like, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same. Because maybe we're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for the salvation after we die. And, 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 and uh, again, I'm not saying that's not part of it. That is absolutely part of it. But if God gives us another 30 years on this earth, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, salvation has everything to do with my time on this earth, just as much as it has to do with my time after I leave it. So we're looking for healing. From the sickness of sin, from the sickness of death. And that's why even Jesus himself said, didn't Jesus say in Mark chapter two, okay, he said that I did not come, I did not come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance because those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. He's saying, I came as a physician. I came as a, as a doctor. I didn't come as a judge. I didn't come as someone to say, okay, guys, after you die, follow me, you get to go to heaven. I came to take broken people and give them healing. People who are who are who are not whole, a W H O L E, whole. People who lack that wholeness, and to give them what they needed. And again, where in the liturgy do we find ourselves praying this prayer? Don't we say after? You know, we say we do the institution narrative where he took the bread and took the wine, and then we say everyone's favorite part, Amen, Amen, Amen. Okay, and then we, I mean, I mean, I mean, sorry. Okay, then we bow our heads. Okay, and then we. You sometimes knock out right there. Okay, but then we get up and the priest, okay, at the time where we're kind of like, 
you know, stretching and getting back up and being like, okay, I was down for a little bit, you know what I mean? And time to get back up. The priest is praying a very important prayer. We're about to start praying the litanies. And the priest is saying that you partake of your holy that we may partake of your holy unto the purification of our souls, our bodies, and our spirits. The purification, the healing of our souls, our bodies, and our spirits. That's why we take communion. That's why we do all the sacraments. It's not just heaven after we die, but heaven healing our souls, our bodies, and our spirits while we live on this earth. So why Holy Week is so important. And again, Holy Week Lent is because Lent and Holy Week, that's the time. That's the time more than any other that the doctor puts on his coat, his white coat, and he's in the lab and he's doing surgery. And the operating room is open. Come one, come all. Okay, you don't need to sign up on a list with the government to come into this operating room. Like all ages, welcome. Okay, no pre, anybody come. Doesn't matter what age. That's the time. Holy Week in particular. That's the time that the physician is inside and he's doing his surgery and he's healing and he's bringing wholeness to all those who come with brokenness and they come to him. And actually, isn't that what we see during Lent? Isn't that what the church gives us in the Gospels of the Sundays of Lent? Didn't we today see a paralyzed man find healing? Didn't we last week see a Samaritan woman who may have been physically in, in good shape, but spiritually and emotionally and relationally, she was broken. Christ healed her. Didn't we see the week before that a prodigal son who was broken, broken, broken? He was down with the pigs begging. So often we say about the prodigal son that he was eating pig's food. No, go back and read the text. Jesus didn't say he was eating pig's food. Jesus said that he wished he was eating pig's food, that he yearned. He would say, oh, one day I will. He was broken. Next week, we're going to see a blind man who finds healing life. Isn't the church healing to us of his suffering and realize that that power of his resurrection is here and now in a life of healing? If that's our goal. How do we find healing? Practically now, okay? I want to touch this real quick, okay? I won't spend too much time on it. How do we find healing? Again, so often, we're coming to Holy Week, okay? And we got our, I guess now it's our iPads, okay? We used to be like festival book, like that big, thick, like the Encyclopedia Britannica kind of a thing, okay? But now it's the iPads. And I remember actually, I remember the first year was all iPads. We turned off the lights. Or it was dark, it was like bright Saturday, or whatever, and we turn off the lights. I mean, we didn't we're about to pass out candles, we didn't need candles, everyone's iPad. Okay, like all we saw is like people's face shining, people shining. Can you imagine that came to church and everyone was like glowing? Okay, like Moses coming down the mountain. It was the iPad, is what it was. But anyway, so often we come, we got our holy week, we got our book, we got our journal, we got our stuff, and we're like, okay, and this is gonna be the greatest and most powerful, the most amazing, all my problems are going to be solved. I'm telling you, don't do that. Please don't do that. Because it's not a gimmick 
It's not a magic. It's not says that truthfully, it's not something that we just show up on Good Friday or Easter. It's not like that. But the key, okay, and I'm going to urge you to do this, and I want you to do it through all Lent, what's remaining, but especially during Holy Week is where it becomes even more magnified. The key to finding healing is finding the healer. Again, the key to finding healing is finding the healer. In other words, we often are looking for solutions to problems. And I get it, okay? Life isn't easy. And you got problems, and I'm not trying by any means to make light of your problems, okay? And I know people out there, you got stuff, you got relational issues, you got financial issues, you got health issues, you got family issues. Like, I get it, and I get it that you want solutions. I get it. But I'm telling you, we need to stop seeking solutions and start seeking the solver. If you look for solutions, you will miss out on both the solution and the solver. Whereas if you stop looking for solutions and seek just the solver of the problem, you will end up getting both. Say it another way. Let's stop looking for answers. And let's instead start looking for the one who wrote the test. And if we find him, we find him, we get everything. How's that work? You know, and I know, we learned early on in Sunday school that God is everywhere. You know that God is everywhere. Okay, and you could, we would say that God is omnipresent. God is there. God is there. God is everywhere. If, if, if everything on the entire planet, there's not one inch, one molecule, one atom that's outside of God. Like there isn't a corner where God's like, no, I can't reach there. There isn't a place where God's like, no, I can't find my way in there. There's no way you can run it high. From God, okay, ask Jonah, he tried himself, but he can't do it. There's no square inch of this universe where God cannot reach and touch. You know that, and you would say that. Well, do you know what that includes? That includes your problems. So if you have brokenness in your relationships, situation at home, spouse, children, parents, you know that God is in that situation. You know that, right? Like, that's not so far that God can't touch it. If you're struggling with an addiction and you were like, oh, I am so far, so far from God, you know that God is in that addiction with you. You know that because just by, 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 by definition, God is everywhere. If you are carrying some serious emotional baggage, and you feel like this is too heavy. You know that God is in it with you, right? And the key in any situation is stop trying to solve the problem and instead Try to find the solver of the problem in it with you. And if you find him, you find healing. For example, three saintly youth, y'all know their story in the book of Daniel. They were thrown into a fire. And if I was them, I'd say, God, turn off the fire. God, remove the fire. God, remove me from the fire. Is that how God solved the problem? No. God left the fire. But God stood in the fire with them. And I want you to know in your situation, God doesn't remove the fire, but he stands in there with you. Same thing with Daniel in the lion's den. God doesn't remove the lion, doesn't remove the lion's den, but he stands in there with you. Same thing with David when he was chased by Saul. 
Same thing with Joseph when he stands with us because God, like I said, where God isn't there. Best example is the book of Job. Okay, you know Job. Job, in a minute, okay, in a minute, Job lost his family. Job lost his livestock. Job lost his health. Job lost all his cattle and all his property. And in addition to that, his wife, man, she was nagging him and would not stop getting on his case. So Joseph, or Job was a hot mess. Okay, Job needed all kinds of healing. He needed financial healing. He needed relational healing. He needed physical healing. He needed emotional healing. Even his friends, like, man, oh man, Job had it rough. Did God solve the problem? Did God remove the problem? Did God undo the problem? Like, that's what we want. We want God, like, if you've seen the movie Back to the Future, that's what we want, God. God, go back to the future, go back in time, remove the thing, and set us on a different course. How did he do any of that stuff? What did he do? God revealed himself to Job in the midst of the problem. That's why there's a great verse in the book of Job, chapter 42, verse 5. It's the last chapter during the book where God, after he had revealed himself to Job, that Job had been complaining and didn't know and he was confused and his friends. And then God says to him all these different things. And Job says, look, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. And now my eye sees you. So Job says, Job 42, verse 5. And that's what we need. We need to find Christ. That is what Lent and Holy Week is all about. It's all about finding Christ. Not just reading stories of back in the day. Not just singing hymns, going through rituals. It's all about walking with Christ in his footsteps, day by day, hour by hour when we get to Holy Week. But right now we're in the day by day during Lent. It's about walking with him, walking that road. And knowing that as we walk with him, he also walks with us. So my advice for you, my advice for you, is as we set out on this journey, which really, like I said, it begins in Lent. So now is the time. Okay, do, please, if you take one thing away from what I'm saying is don't wait two weeks to get yourself ready for Pesha, for healing, for resurrection. Don't do that. I promise you, don't do that. What I would encourage you is from now is to set a goal. Set a goal. And if you remember back to the first week of Lent, actually, Christ told us that. Excuse me. Where he talked about in the very first Sunday gospel of Lent, he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Don't, don't set those kind of goals. Set for yourself the right goal. Where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves not break in and steal. Matthew chapter 6. He said, set for yourself the right goal. Any journey begins with a destination. Like you're going to get in the car, you're going to go somewhere. And you're going, the first thing you say is punch in the destination on the phone or in the GPS, whatever it is. But you don't just get in the car and say, I want to go away. So let's just drive. And hopefully we end up someplace nice. No, like, what does that mean? Like someplace nice, like the beach or like the skiing or like, you know, uh, IHOP or, or like, we're, 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 we're you have to know your destination. Well, so many of us, when it comes to Lent and Holy Week, our destination is, I really want to, um, I really, I really want to benefit this Holy Week. What's benefit mean? I really want to get closer to God. Well, like, yeah, that's like the goal of life. Like, I hope you're doing that all throughout the year. I, I, I really want to grow. Okay, those are great, but that's kind of like saying, I'm going to get in the car. Where are you going to go? I want to go west. Okay, like, West like California or West like West Virginia? Because it's kind of a difference between the two. Okay. 
we need same thing in our in our spiritual journey is to set a goal is to be specific is that where is it and the goal has to be by the way it's not just where i want to go it's where god where does god want to take me and that takes a little bit of time and thoughtfulness to kind of put into that and the way i approach it is god where in my life needs healing the most where's the brokenness that you want to heal this year Maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there's a lot of strife in that relationship. Maybe there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of bitterness. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Maybe there's some resentment. Maybe God says, I want to heal that relationship. Maybe it's a thought pattern, okay? An anxiety or a worry or a fear. And God says, I want to give you salvation from this. I want to heal this. Okay, I, didn't, I, I, I don't want you to be to spend the rest of your life with this anxiety and this worry and this stress. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a lack of a habit. Okay, something that I'm not doing that God wants to give me. I don't know what it is. What I'm not saying it is, okay, please, listen to me. I'm not saying, okay, I don't read the Bible. I don't pray. That's what I want. No, like those are good. Read the Bible is good. Pray is good. But I want to go deeper. I want to see where in my life is the need. Where am I not whole? Where does God want to touch in my life? Where does God want to put his, okay, the, the, the surgical, okay, you know, the, the operating knife or the, you know, whatever it is. That he, where is it that he wants to, I'm, I'm thinking of the game, um, what was it called? Operation. Okay, where you, this is that thing, okay, where you, you can't touch the thing. Okay, I know I'm dating myself here. But like, where? Where does God want to operate in my life? And I promise you, I promise you, there's an area which is in need of healing. And what I want to do is I want to put in front of God and I want to find him in it. Okay, there's a, a wise saying that says, he who aims for nothing hits it every time. You've heard that before, right? He who aims for nothing hits it every time. The one who says, I'm just going to, benefit from Lent. My goal is to benefit. My goal is to get closer to God. Sounds nice. Man, oh man. I, I ain't killing myself in fasting. I ain't killing myself with the nasty kinds of foods that we eat. Let's be honest. I ain't doing that so that I can just quote benefit. I'm doing that because I want to find healing. I want you to find the same thing. So with that said, I want to wrap up here in just two minutes. I promise you. I want to approach this Holy Week. And again, I'm saying it, I'm really saying Lent. Okay, so I want to start now. Okay, I don't want to just wait till then because that's not how it works. I want to approach this time and I want to seek God and find Him in whatever situation is in need of healing in my life. And I want to give you a verse okay, that you can hold on to here. And it's from Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Okay, it's one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 29, 13. And oftentimes, to be honest, people will text me or email me and say, you know, Father Anthony, pray for me this. Or Father. And sometimes I just respond, Jeremiah 29, 13. And I don't tell them what it is. I make them look it up. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Again. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. One thing I know for a fact, I know 
that Holy Week in particular is on Lent Holy Week, I know that Christ is here. I know that he's in it with us. I know that this, especially this fast, okay, because this is the one where we keep saying Jesus Christ himself fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus Christ himself fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Why? To save us, to heal us, to save us from our sins. That's what we said. That's the hymn. To save us. Jesus Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights to heal us. I know he's in it with me. And I know he's in it with you. And he's in it with you. And he's in it with you. And our job during this season, during this time of Lent and Holy Week, is every single day, especially during Holy Week, but even before, to find him. And I promise you, I can promise you this because it's not my word. It's the words of scripture. You will find him. You will find him when you seek for him with all your heart. Stop looking for solutions. Start looking. They stop looking for the healing. Start looking for the healer. And you, as we approach this Holy Week, take the time, do some reflection. Where's the sickness? Where's the need of healing? Set a goal, put it in front of God, and make it your goal to find him in it every single day. Okay? Glory be to God forever. Amen. Thank you, Abuna Anthony, uh, uh, for giving this uh, kind of practical advice to us to uh, continue the rest of the Lent and uh, uh, the Holy Week to seek uh, our Lord Jesus Christ as, as a healer and as a savior. Thank you. I guess let's take uh, kind of a couple of minutes uh, break, as Aki mentioned, and this will be time maybe to check uh, questions that were posted on the YouTube channel. Uh, Aki, do you want to take it from here? Yep. So I'm going to uh, I want to share the uh, I'm going to share the, uh, the song for just two minutes, and then uh, if after that, if anyone has any questions, just feel free to post them in the uh, in the YouTube chat. Feel free to post them in the uh, in the YouTube chat. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works I hand hath made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy path. Thank you. 
having some technical issues, sorry, technical difficulties with the music. So I'm just going to post the flyer or just a screenshot and then we'll give it another minute. But again, if you have any questions, please feel free to, uh, to drop them in the, um, in the YouTube chat. Having some technical issues, sorry, technical difficulties with the music. So I'm just going to post the flyer or just a screenshot and then we'll give it another minute. But again, if you have any questions, please feel free to, uh, to drop them in the, um, in the YouTube chat. Having some technical issues, sorry, technical difficulties with the music. So, When we've got one question on uh, YouTube, can you see it? Yes, I can. Mr. Kareem Ibrahim. Would you like me to go ahead and answer it? Or? Yeah, go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Kareem asks, uh, how do we avoid losing all the spiritual gains we gain during the Lent and Holy Week, during the Holy 50 days when there is no fasting? So Kareem, you are an overachiever. You are already jumping over where we are today and then on to Holy and past the, the Holy Week and on to the Holy 50. So I get it. That, that's a very common question every year. We think that all joking aside, I wouldn't worry about that now. Um, I, I, would, I would kind of focus on where we're at right now. Um, if we find, if our, 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 focus during Lent is outside things, then for sure, we're going to struggle during the Holy 50, okay, because the outside things go away. But if our focus during this time is inside things, like I said, true healing, okay, if I find true healing, this is why, like, I'll give you an example. One of the goals that I'm against, I'm against the following goal, and I know it sounds like a good goal, but I am against it. For 55 days in Lent, I'm not going to do this thing, okay? I'm against that goal because you know what that is? That to me is like, okay, ready? And I'm just gonna hold my breath, 55 days. The second Lent is over, you're gonna explode and you're gonna end up doing it more. And I remember I learned this, I learned this the hard way with my kids. One year we said, um, you know, during, during Lent, we want to you know, have them take a, a little bit further step than, um, they were going to give up all Oreos. OK, 
can't Oreos were like a big thing for them. So they were like doing the fasting. I think they were still, they were probably like seven, eight, nine, whatever it was. So they were doing like no meat, but still dairy, like the standard okay, for kids. Um, and they said they're not gonna eat any Oreos. They didn't eat Oreos for 55 days. Did you know what happened after Easter? I promise you, they ate more Oreos in one week than they would have eaten the entire Lent. I promise you, okay? And that's actually, that's why all of us are messed up. You know, that's why we eat like crazy people, okay? Is because we, <sighs> so I'm, I, I'm against that as a goal, okay? I, I don't want to just avoid this during Lent. I want to go deeper and figure out why is it I keep falling into this trap? Like I want to seek true spiritual healing. And if I, if I go at that deeper level, then when, when Easter comes, I won't just uh, uh, give me as much air as I can, okay? What I'm going to seek to do is to build on that. So again, short answer is let's not focus on that as much right now, but let's focus on finding true healing during this time, going deeper than just the surface level. And then I promise you, you'll see the benefit afterwards, okay? Uh, Rami asks, good to see you, Abuna. I love what you said about finding the healer. My question is, what would you say to someone who's struggling with faith? Excuse me. What would be the first step of action you would recommend? Thank you. Um, okay. So in, in general, whenever I get questions that are, um, you know, semi-specific, I always shy away because, um, I don't really know the circumstances. So Rami, I will give you a general answer. But, you know, I will definitely refer you to your spiritual father for more, um, because I really, as I'm, as I'm reading that question, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself, what's the reason you're struggling with faith? Because if it's just, you know, I read a book, so I'm starting to question that, that's like, okay, let's sit and discuss. But if it's something happened to me, or someone betrayed me, or someone hurt me, or, you know, whatever it is, um, then the solution has nothing to do with intellectual and reading and books and sermons has nothing to do with that. Um, it has to do with, you know, a healing of a hurt. So again, I, I guess I, I would, you know, answer it the same way I kind of answer the one above is I would try to go to the root and say, what is um, the source of, of that struggle? You know, is it, did something happen? And let's be honest, this past year with everything that happened and COVID and you know, a lot of people lost loved ones, okay, my, my wife lost her father, okay, from COVID uh, just a few months back, so I get it, like, and I get it um, that a lot of people, this, this was a tough year. Um, let, let's, let's go to the root, and let's figure out what it is that's causing me to struggle, then we can address it properly, okay, and I would recommend you saying the first step of action um, is maybe to talk to someone who can help you through that, okay. Um, Michael says, do you have a recommended book or piece of literature to complement or focus during Passion Week? Um, yeah, so again, I get that question a lot. I'll be honest, I'm not there yet. I'm still on Lent, okay? And I would encourage everyone, don't, don't just fast forward the last two weeks of Lent. Don't just fast forward. I'm not, I'm not at Holy Week. What I am at is, um, is actually a book that we've been reading together as a congregation. It's called When You Fast. Uh, Nope. Sorry. Here. This, because I can't pronounce the author's name. Okay. 
So this book is called, these are two great books. This is called When You Pray by this guy. Sounds French, so you Canadians might be able to get it. El Joseph Letendre or something like that, okay? This is called When You Pray. It's like uh, 65 pages. You can read it in one night. Then there's another one called When You Fast. Those are two excellent books. I promise you can read them in, in, in one weekend. You can read them both. So I would encourage you that one. That, that book on fasting has been spectacular. We've been reading as a congregation and like sharing meditations. That's what I would, I would encourage you. And again, don't sleep on Lent. Don't just rush the whole week. Um, to everything, there's a season. Okay, that's what King Solomon said. Uh, Sandra, hi, Abuna. And following... In following a spiritual regimen during the fast, how do I battle thoughts of pride and remaining humble practically? Um, how do I remain humble practically? Um, <laughs> I always joke and say, um, you know, if you're married, you don't have to worry about being humble. Because okay? <laughs> marriage, okay, is a very humbling experience. But my guess is here, Sandra, if you're not, especially if you have kids, I got two teenage kids, to keep you humble. Um, yeah, how do I battle thoughts of pride? The truth of the matter is, I do think that, that God has his ways. Um, I wouldn't focus so much on it, okay? Don't focus so much on it. Continue to do the things that you need to do. God has his ways of humbling us. Um, and if you if you feel like you are uh, struggling with pride, the best is go to confession. And confession is the, uh, the vaccine for pride, because what's confession? Confession is I sit down and examine myself. Confession is not just I go and say, yeah, I did this or I did this. It's I examine myself. When I examine myself, when I look inside there, okay, hard for me to look inside there and feel any pride after that. So a good thorough examination of self, I think, is, is your answer. Um, and that's what confession is for. Okay. Uh, Rena says, where can I find Abuna Butcher's Zoom back? You know, Rena, I was actually thinking the same thing. That's I don't know what 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 uh, was happening over there in Mississauga. They it looks like they got some good accommodations for you. <laughs> Using virtual technology, Abuna, to have some uh, beautiful scenery, and this is the power of imagination and to really <laughs> enjoy the sun always. It's beautiful. It's I can't share it, <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing, Marina. Seeking God is never like a yeah, done, check mark, boom, graduated. Okay, we will think of it as um, think of it as like saying like like loving. I don't know if you're married or not, but I can say with my wife like loving my wife. Okay, I loved her the day I got married. But it's not like, yep, loved your wife, boom, I'm done. No, the more I know her, the more I seek to love her even more. And I can say, I'm about to hit 20 years of marriage. That's right, 20 years. And you're thinking, you look too young to be 20 years of marriage. I know, that's what everyone says. I know, I know. But I'm married, about to hit 20 years. And I can say truthfully that I love her today more than I loved her 20 years ago, okay? And I'm saying that because I know there's many people watching and I'm hoping one of you will text my wife and I will get very many points for that. So please, I will send her, I'll put her uh, phone number here. Please text her, let her know I said that. And I will be eating some good vegan cookies tonight, hopefully after <laughs> this is over. So um, it, it's not a matter of, um, of, of I found him and I'm done. You're gonna, it, it's a search for the rest of your life. 
Um, think of it as like, when do I get to the bottom of the ocean? You, you just keep going. And I know that sounds discouraging, but I'm saying it in a positive way of like, there's always more because God is infinite. Okay, when can you know infinity? You can't. So I hope that's not discouraging for you. Um, but think of it like, sorry, succinct answer now. Think of it like a relationship with a person. You're never done knowing the person and loving the person. And think of it less as like a subject in school. When can I say I've mastered algebra? Okay, God is not algebra. God is a personal God, lifetime journey, okay? Um, Caroline says, can you go more in depth regarding Jeremiah 29, 13 and about looking for the healing and the healer on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great question, Caroline. Th that has to be the, 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 that has to be the driver of everything we do from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep is finding God. And I, I think actually, I think actually it was in this book, When You Pray, I started something. I think it was in this book, but it could see this book or the book that says beginning to pray. I'm not sure which one. First thing I do when I wake up in the morning, okay? When I wake up in the morning, it's usually a mad rush to the bathroom, okay? I'm at the age where I can, like I got to go. Okay? I usually wake up in the middle of the night like I'm at that age. So, but I train myself that the first thing I want to do, I want God to be the first thought in my head. So I get up out of bed and on my way to the bathroom, I have a cross in my bedroom over there. And I stop in front of the cross and I will say some short prayer. It's usually like, holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. Okay. And I'm based on the season. So when I say it was crucified for us, have mercy on us. I want my first thought of the day to be about God. And I want to say, God, this first day, or sometimes it'll be Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Or in the Jesus prayer, some, I want my first thought. And I want all throughout my day to be, that's my goal. Now for me, it's a little bit easier because my job revolves around obviously around God. So I was actually just talking to someone today at church and I was saying about how I'm lucky because I get to do this for a living. So I think I'm the luckiest person on the planet because everyone else got to go be an accountant or an engineer or whatever it is. I get to be this. I get to stay in this all day, all week. So I, that to me is great. But either way, okay, I'm not saying that I have it easier. It's just, this is who everyone is. I would encourage you to find ways to incorporate seeking God throughout your day, okay? So for example, the phone, maybe you set a timer on it every day at 12 o'clock noon. That's actually something that I do during this time of Lent. Every day at noon, stop what I'm doing and I pray just for five minutes. And I have a specific prayer, okay? Like I have my morning prayer, but there's an afternoon prayer that's about a specific thing, okay? A specific issue. Um, and every day I stop my day and pray for that, okay? So I guess what I want to say is God is there in every situation, every situation. And it's just a matter of seeking him in it. So you got a work situation. God, where are you in this work situation? And maybe sometimes where God is, is God is in, you know what? You need to humble yourself and go apologize to this person. Maybe that's where God is in your work situation. And maybe you need God in your, in your relational life, okay? You're single and you're dating and you need, where is God there? God is a, hey, you need to take a break from dating actually. That's where God is. You need to take a break because you, one mistake after another mistake and one bad relationship after another, you need to take some time to sit on the bench. Some of us is the opposite. Some of us, you need to get in the game, man. You've been sitting on the bench too long. You're sitting there and saying, and I'm praying and I'm waiting and God's saying, no, 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 done with the praying, okay? And you need to get in the game. I don't know. But whatever situation it is, take time to seek God in that specific situation. Where are you? 
And I'm telling you, the one who's going to be successful in life, this is my job as a priest. People come to me and say, this happened in work. This happened in my relationship. This, this, this. My job is to help them look up and see, where's God? Where's God in all this? Ah, God is using this to lift you up, to teach you how to love. God is using this to rebuke you. God is using this to encourage you. Like, I don't know. Lift our eyes up and find him. And I guarantee you that he's there. Not my guarantee, his guarantee. Okay? Uh, Marianne, my good friend, says, Hi, Father Anthony. It is Marianne here. And I just wanted to send a special shout out to you and your family. Miss you all. Thank you, Marianne. Marianne, did you hear the comment I said about loving my wife? Because I know you have my wife's number. So feel free to let her know. And if you didn't hear, please rewind about five minutes. Okay. Um, I, thank you, though. When I had a, someone send me a, um, a question, the reason being they wanted to ask it anonymously. And the sure. question is, I've been struggling a little bit with forgiveness of betrayal, but I feel like a hypocrite going through Lent and not being able to look past that betrayal. Do you have any suggestions to move forward without having negative internal feelings? Yes. To whoever you are who's asking this question, okay, to whoever you are, you are blessed. Okay, the expression in Arabic is tubalk. Okay, blessed are you. You know why? Because you get a chance to really walk the footsteps of Christ. You, Christ is about to be betrayed. Like that's what this is. And you, Philippians 3.10, to know the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. So you need to look at this. This is again, this is my point, is find him. Is don't look at it as this person did this and this person did this and how could they and how could they look up and say simply, wait a minute, God. You gave me a chance to walk the same road that you're about to walk. And it's the road of salvation and it's the road of healing. So God, you gave me this. And I'm not saying that it's easy. I realize it's tough. But maybe, maybe you, when we get to um, Wednesday night in Holy Week, we sing the hymn of Avecinon. It talks about how his words were smoother than oil, yet they are darts. And we, it's about Judas. And then maybe when we get on Thursday morning and we're saying Judas, 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 who has broken the law. And you're thinking that, you're like, wait a minute, my betrayal, and that's nothing compared to what Christ's betrayal, the betrayal of Christ, meaning not, okay? So I would say to you, don't squander this, okay? Do not squander this. Christ walked the same road, and he, if he could let go of his betrayal, you have a great chance right here to really benefit, to benefit, see, there you go, to benefit and grow during this time. So ask Christ to give you forgiveness, and, and, and freedom from this, okay, because if you hold on to it, when we hold on to bitterness and resentment, we're not hurting the other person, we're hurting ourselves, okay, the other person, okay, like, oh, I'm going to stick it to them, I'm not going to, I mean, it does nothing for them, but it does hurt ourselves, so blessed are you, is what I would say, and I think if you approach this Holy Week um, with that mentality, it could be a good one for you, okay. Uh, Sarah, uh, Marianne says, I got you hooked up. Thank you, Marianne. Uh, Sarah says, uh, what if you're struggling with a lot of thoughts and anxiety, especially during this time, you're praying about it, but you're hitting a plateau somehow, you feel like you're not moving forward and healing. Um, so my heart goes out to you, Sarah. I know it's a tough time. Nobody knows what's going on in the world these days, but hey, we know nothing's outside of God. Okay. So we will never despair. You know what? God is bigger than all these things. So we want to be in church. We want to all be together. You know, we want, that's what we want. But hey, God said, not this year. Okay, he said it not last year. He said it not this year. It'll pass. Okay, we'll be there next year. And in the end, okay, this is an important point, Sarah. And I don't know how old you are. Maybe you're young, but 
where you get to be old like me, you realize like this year, even two years, in the grand scheme of things, it'll be a blip on the radar. It'll be a blip on the radar. And in the end, COVID is going to be nothing more than a story that we tell our kids. So think about it, Sarah. What do you want your story to be? Because your kids are going to ask you one day, tell us about what happened in that weird 2019 and 20 or 2020 and 20. Tell us about it. Do you want your story to be that, yeah, it was tough. We couldn't go to church. So we fell off the face of the earth and we stopped praying and we didn't. And then basically my life has been, you know, in the toilet since. Is that what you want it to be? Or do you want your story to be, you know what? This was tough. And, and the churches were, were, were closed, but you know what? We found a way. We found a way. We turned our homes into churches. We found a way to pray together. And God gave us this amazing thing called Zoom, which we had never heard of before. And Zoom allowed us to be in rooms together with other people. So you know what? It was tough. It was challenging, but it built us and made us stronger. We became stronger through it. That's what I want my story to be. That's what I want your story to be. And you're in control of that. So yeah, it's not easy. And I'm not telling you it's easy. But first thing is, we will get through. And we will find a way. And God is in it with us. Practically how? I think, again, I'm just speaking generally here. So forgive me. I don't know your situation here. Luna Butchers might be able to better answer. But what I see with a lot of young people today is the isolation. Okay, and that's what's killing us. And that's why we got to do whatever we can to not allow isolation. And I'm encouraging people, again, based on what's safe for you and your, it's different. So what I'm saying is like when we were doing the streaming liturgies, we were here streaming liturgies. We were encouraging people not just to watch. Watching a streaming liturgy at home by yourself in the living room, eh, it's okay. But we were encouraging people to get together in small groups. And again, whatever you're comfortable with. So maybe it's on the deck. Maybe, maybe it's like a Zoom call and you're watching. I don't know what it is. But to pray it together, even in small groups, because there's power in that community. Okay, and, and whatever kinds of groups that you can do. But I would encourage you to go from like consuming things kind of one way, like this is really one way, okay? You're just kind of receiving. Make sure that you have a communal aspect where you can ask about one another and talk to one another. And of course, the easiest way to, uh, to have people invest in you is to invest in others, okay? So when you call and ask about another person and, and see how they're doing, the conversation will swing back to how you're doing too. So um, that's what I would say. Okay. Would I have a question if you allow me, please? Sure. The kind of question that I hear a lot, uh, probably uh, uh, your reverence as well, is uh, uh, seeking healing, especially from uh, 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 temptations or sins that get that has repetitive uh, aspect in its nature, like things. So I am asking God. I am seeking God Himself but I feel like uh, this sin is stuck with me and I'm stuck with it and we're stuck together from one plant to another. I pray yeah. for God, but it's not going away. Yeah. So, uh, some, so, so, so kind of two questions, what do I do? And sometimes, okay, so kind of I'm losing hope. Mm -hmm. So how to Great. deal with this? Yeah, and again, very common. All of us have been there. Let's agree, okay? If this is you and you're struggling with this, let's agree this. I don't is not going to get us there. We've done that. Okay, we've all been there. We're just going <clears> to, <throat> it's inevitable that at some point we're going to need to breathe and we're going to, so we're not just going to focus on the outside. Like I get it. That's the starting point. We're going to focus, but that's what I want to do is I want to focus on the inside. Where's this coming from? And a lot of times, okay, when it comes to a repetitive 
habitual sin or an addiction, a lot of times it comes from an inappropriate or an unhealthy, that's a better word, an unhealthy way of dealing with stress and anxiety. Believe me, it deals oftentimes with that. So let's go to the root and let's see where my anxiety is coming from and where my stress is coming from. Or where is it that I'm feeling? And then this becomes my, um, you know, my, my um, what's it called? My anesthesia, okay, or my, my numbing. Okay? That's oftentimes what it is. Whether it's sins of a sexual nature, whether it's sins of like gluttony and eating, could be smoking, could be drinking. Oftentimes it's I'm not happy or I'm stressed or I'm afraid or there's something. And then I run to this to kind of self-medicate. So I want to go to the root. I don't want to say I'm going to be stressed and not do this. I want to get to the root of the stress. And what is a more appropriate way? Okay. And then there's like that, that whole angle of it of like, you know, being prepared. When stress comes, I will do this. Coming up with a healthy way. That's what a doctor would do. A doctor would say, you have this problem. You're dealing with it this way. That's why you're in this bad shape. This problem, we need to identify it and then deal with it in this way. So when I am tempted with, you know, this stress, or it could be boredom. Okay. Sometimes it's boredom when I'm tempted with boredom or when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I want to go to that root and identify it. And even if I fall in the sin, I need to identify the root more than I need to just, <sighs> okay. And we never lose hope. Okay. We never lose. The only time we lose hope is if the doctor leaves the room. Okay. But as, as, as someone the God has blessed me with great health. So I'm not saying I'm not complaining in any way. But a few years back, I, I herniated a disc in my back, okay? And I went from, you know, this doctor and MRI to this physical therapist to this, to this, to this, and kept jumping. I never gave up hope as long as there was a doctor who was willing to see me. And I tried different things and I kept pushing. And now, thank God, like I'm back and I'm playing basketball and I'm lifting weights again and running and everything like I used to do. But I spent about two years, maybe even three, where I was subpar. And even now, to be honest, I'll never go back to fully. But I'm not gonna give up as long as there's a doctor in the room, okay? As long as there's a doctor and we'll be patient and we'll get there, even if we have small setbacks, we're gonna get there in the end. As long as he is in the story, there's always hope, okay? And if you don't believe me, go back and read the Gospels of Sunday. Go back and read the prodigal son. Go back and read the Samaritan woman. Or read the story of the born blind man, the paralyzed man. Come on, today's gospel, there's a guy 38 years. 38 years, you know, 38 years. Like, I actually wanted to say this in the church today. I want to say, how many people here are even 38 years old? Okay, like 38 years is a long time. Come on. Who, of course we'd give up. Think about like how much our life has changed in just like 38 months. Our life is completely different. Well, this sucker has been stuck in the same position, in the same sickness for 38 years. Stuck. His life didn't move for 38 years. Okay, do the math. 2021, so throwing like 1970 something, 1980s something. The guy. But Jesus is there. There's hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. Okay. Um, um, I see three, three, three. Okay. Or I, 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 three, three. You haven't felt like, like you've been giving Lent your best effort. How do you start from now making the most of it? You just start. That's the beautiful thing is you just start. It's, it's you know, to, to quote the parable that I believe we read la two weeks ago, Prodigal Son Sunday, the, the, the Matin's Gospel on Prodigal Son Sunday is about the, the landowner who goes out and hires the workers at the first hour, the third hour, and all the way through the 11th hour. And then in the end, he pays them all the same. So 
the truth is it's never too late is that you know you jump in right now and and don't make a thing of it like oh no and i missed the first no 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 here you are here you are today okay and it's like me saying in my marriage oh no i haven't been loving my wife for the last week or two weeks just start now okay you just start now or the person who's saying you know i squandered the first year and i didn't die and i didn't exercise okay just start now but d- don't go to the buffet now like just start now so that's why i would say to you don't don't stress about it start now and this is not again it's not a magic pill like if i fast 55 days and i get this no 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 okay it's quality just as much more than it is quantity so give it your best invest in this time seek the healer okay and see where you end up. Aguna, out of curiosity, why don't we call it Passover week? Um, I mean, we do call it Pesca week, okay? Pesca week is what we call it, like, you know, the, 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 the third hour of Great Friday, the Holy Week of Pesca. Um, we don't call it Passover week. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the term Holy Week, again, I'm not against the term. Okay, Holy Week or Passion Week. I think that that came more from the Catholic Church. Okay, it's kind of taught, taught us, kind of came that, that direction. And it's not wrong. Okay, it's just a matter of as long as we know where it's ending up. What is it in Arabic? Arabic, what is Arabic? It's Bul Alem. Alem is like the suffering week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the terminology doesn't matter as much as the understanding of it. Um, but the Feast of Pesha. That's Easter night. Okay, that's resurrection. That's Passover. Okay, that is that is the splitting of the Red Sea from death to life. Okay, that is the sacrificial lamb. Okay, that was slain for the life of the whole world. You know, um, but why? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Fancy Pants, look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. Hi, Abuna. Thanks so much for this amazing talk. You plan on rebooting the Periscope live streams anytime soon? Um, the answer to your question is no, I don't plan on it. Who knows? I mean, it's a, it's kind of a, a busy time. The periscopes were great when, you know, we weren't doing like this, but I found that, you know, we're doing so much connecting online that um, I think I stopped it for that. And, but, you know, we take it step by step, man. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. I'm not trying to figure out too much after that. So no plans, but I, I appreciate the uh, the uh, the suggestion here, Mr. Fancy Pants. It will be taken under discretion. Thank you. Abuna. No, go ahead, Abuna. Just gonna let you know that uh, that's it for questions. Okay, great. Thank you, Abuna, Anthony. This was really uh, amazing and enjoyable, especially bringing to us the focus is to focus on the healer, focus on the savior. I think this is my own personal uh, uh, take out is to really. Uh, focus on the healer and focus on the savior and no just uh, uh, closing your nose and eyes and jumping and that's it <laughs> i think you've said it enough <laughs> so thank you very much uh, you, Mona. this is really helpful and uh, i i would recommend like also sometimes we, we we like to ask questions also it would be helpful in my, in, in my in my humble opinion it to search like if if i'm interested why pascha week why don't you do a search why pascha week why why passion week uh, i believe there is great value in searching seeking for the answer and as abuna mentioned seeking for the answer is one of the ways of seeking jesus is seeking Absolutely. god 
uh, instead of just uh, uh, getting the uh, pushing a button and getting the uh, the answer. So we we all have questions, and I found like personally, I learn a lot when I really prepare, when I really search, when I really seek. It really helps us. So again, thank you. Abuna, and please, please uh, pray for us and please consider us in your agenda and in your plan. <laughs> Abuna Butras, I was going to say this was a good dry run to do it virtually. I think physically we have him next year come. Would be even more amazing. You would not feel a thing, Abuna. You know what? You just you just jump and that's it. <laughs> yeah, y'all are with your COVID status. You might be in it for the next six, seven years, but y'all are going again. <laughs> Y'all need to come down here. We're, we're heading in the other direction. We'll keep you updated, Abuna. <laughs> I didn't mean to open any politics. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Abuna. Abuna can Remember you. me in your prayers. Thank you, Abuna. We need your prayer. Uh, maybe if you have announcements, Aki, and then Abuna would conclude with a prayer for us. Uh, no, just thank you again for everyone who joined us on YouTube Live. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. If you want, uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at the at the edge web um and you know we we don't we're, we're very we're very quiet for the most part we'll what we'll do is we'll post uh, daily sayings of the church fathers um uh on a you know by eight o'clock in the morning and then announcements like this when we have uh retreats and conventions and this bi-weekly we meet as a uh, as a graduate group and if you'd love to join us uh, sorry we'd love to have you join us on our zoom meetings but other than that uh, hopefully this is you know, the last Calvary retreat that we do virtually and inshallah come 2022 will be in person and Abu Anthony will be there. And we've already got He's a good salesman. He's good. Yeah. He's good. You, you, you must have, you have good priests, okay? You, you, you learned well from those guys, okay? No, no, we learned from him, Abu <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. Abuna, go ahead and pray for us. Go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead, please, Abuna. We love that you would pray for us. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation and healing that you came to give all mankind. We thank you that when you saw us in our broken condition, mm -hmm. you didn't just leave us here, Lord, but you, you sent your only begotten Son that we might find life and healing and salvation. And I pray, Lord, for everyone who is attending here, that you'd help us take a step closer to that, that healing. As you said that you did not come to judge, but you came to save and you came to give life and life abundantly. And I pray that you'd help us to find you so that we can find the healing that you came to bring. We ask, Lord, your blessing upon this group and upon this church and upon all your churches, Lord. Guide us through this time. and Don't let us to, to waste another day of this Holy Lent um, that help us to, to, to seek you trusting that when we seek you, as you promised, Lord, that we will find you when we search for you with all of our hearts. Accept our prayers in the name of your only begotten Son, and with the intercessions of our mother, St. Mary, and the prayers of St. Athanasius, all of your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Abuna, very much. And uh, 
Yanni, thank you to, uh, to your reverence and to the family for uh, allowing us to have this Sunday evening with us. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting <laughs> Again. me. I appreciate it. It's always great to see you, Abuna. Great to meet you too, Ak. Thank you, Abuna. Thank, thank you, Abuna. Okay. Thank you so much. Good night. Take thank care. You. Bye.